Hello everyone, welcome to episode 41 of 10 Minute Country with me, James Nathan. It's the Kitmore Special. Yep, we've got some new music this week. Eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners would uh, spot a new tune. I decided in honour of... uh, sitting down and, and chatting to Kip at his Birmingham show this week, that we would uh, have some new intro music uh, just for him. So, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Kip Moore is in the country on an acoustic tour of uh, Manchester, Birmingham, London, Glasgow, and it's been going absolutely great. The responses have been superb. Social media has been aflame uh, with uh, platitudes and we uh, caught up with him in Birmingham this week and was able to sit down for a 50-minute chat. So we thought you might like to listen to that rather than just read words on the page. Kip is such an engaging and intense and thoughtful and erudite speaker that we uh, would like you to listen to the chat rather than just... uh, plug into your computer and, and uh, you know, you lose something sometimes in a conversation between two people by reading the transcript. So on 10 Minute Country this week, it's our Kitmore special and we'd love to um, for you to experience the conversation in the same way that we did. Kip talks about the acoustic shows, he talks about the longevity of uh, Last Shot and how that can be a blessing and a curse, he talks about the new album and we get a sort of uh, ETA on when we might be able to hear new music from Kip, we talk about his um, attitude to Nashville and the music industry and um, um, having him back in the country in September in Long Road, so uh, without further ado, here's Kip Moore. So, um... Nice to see you again. We last sat down together at C2C Songwriters last year before the show, and we talked about Last Shot because it seemed to have like reached its life on radio. And then it spent the rest of the summer. You must have been absolutely thrilled. Or is it a blessing or a curse because it wasn't radio for so long? A bit of both. Yeah. You know, because you're ready to get to other material in your record, you know, because of, it's a blessing, you know, having a big hit record, but one that takes that long, uh, you know, it kind of holds up some of the other songs, and then yes. you, don't, you don't get a chance to put out other songs, because now the record's, the complete record has been out for two years, and mm. it's time to move on to another record. But, but great that, um, that it provided two hit records. Yeah. You know, you released two singles. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would. I would say that it definitely. It it definitely is a, a major blessing. Um, it's just I feel like any artist, you know, uh, that puts out a whole body of work, they want to try to get to as many songs yes. as they can. But yeah, yeah. overall, I mean, it was having a hit record is going to always be a blessing. Yeah, and if you could have released any more, did you have one in mind? Did you have any other songs that you'd yeah, have liked I to mean, have pushed I, out? I wanted to put out Bittersweet Company. I wanted to put oh, out. Okay. I wanted to put out the Bull. Yes, um, there was there was several on that record. I wanted. To I mean, the balls out there now. That we had to pull it quick. Right, there was uh, too many uh, too many political roadblocks were going to be in the way. We we only put it out there for about eight weeks. Oh, uh, okay. Off the charts. Right, and the remix version. Yeah, that was crazy. Where did that? Where did the idea for that one? Uh, come just from? a guy contacted us and really? just said he would he would love to put a remix on it. We were we were cool with it. We said right. yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree to that with every song, but certain songs, you know, there's some people that are like, why on earth would you do that? And it's like, 
not every song lends itself to a remix, no. and that song lent itself to a remix, so I was okay with it. I rather liked it. It yeah. took me a little bit by surprise, and it's yeah. not necessarily my wheelhouse. Yeah. But I rather liked it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. <laughs> so I saw you at Songwriters Evening, yeah. and that was the first time I'd seen you play acoustically. Mm. I absolutely loved it. Thank you. And it was like watching a reinvent, not that you were, but it was like a different you. Yeah. Did that take you by surprise, or did you know that that's how you I've were going to been doing that for a long time. Have you? Because the electric shows are a little bit more been, differently focused, aren't I've they? I've been doing the acoustic VIP for eight years, man. Right. Um, I've done a million songwriter rounds. Uh, I've been comfortable playing acoustic music for a long, long time. And it, it suits you and your yeah. intensity and your yeah. storytelling. Yeah. D- do you do you feel like two different artists, electric, acoustic? Uh, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's a fair statement. Um, doing these acoustic shows um, lends itself to a little more vulnerability, um, a little sure. more storytelling. Um, these seated theaters just uh, are going to lend itself to a little more space um, to where you can talk to the audience a little bit more. Right, yeah. And are, are there any songs that have taken you by surprise how they've blossomed acoustically? Uh, Plead the Fifth. Oh, okay. Plead the Fifth has been one of the most special songs every single night on this tour. Uh, Love You to the Moon has been one of those. Yep. Um, but I would say Plead the Fifth by far has been it's always been one of my favorites. That was what I wanted to release first off solo art. Uh, but to watch the way it transforms acoustically has been special. Yes. And are, are there any songs that you put forward into the mix that just didn't work, that you went, oh, no, it's not working, this one is... Uh, no. No. Oh. They've all been working on this yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a single song that hasn't... I, can't, I mean, I know you're back out, I mean, and obviously not as well as you, but yeah. I can't think of many that come to my mind that wouldn't work in that Yeah, sense. they've all, I, I, I've yet to really pull one out of the bag that didn't seem to get a reaction. And are you, do you find that the crowd reacts differently in these acoustic settings? For sure. Um, I, I feel like the crowd is aware of how special the show is. They're aware of this is a rare moment we're yeah. getting, and it is, so it's a different kind of show. And, and, I mean, British crowds traditionally listen better, is what American artists often tell me. But uh, I, You know, I don't know if it's listen better. They just listen differently. Um, right, they're yes. a very cerebral crowd. Um, I think that UK crowds really cherish authenticity. Uh-huh. I think that English crowds are really, when they're listening... They want to truly see that you're great at your craft. Um, they're searching for substance at all times. Sure. I can say that about them. Um, they just—I uh, think—they just absorb the music a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. And do you, do you as a performer, do you find yourself more relaxed in the acoustic setting, less relaxed, or just the same because you've been doing it for years? Um, I think I think just the same. I think that that we've grown confident enough as a band where. We feel like we know what we're going to provide when we step on stage. Uh, but I will definitely say that the, the love that's been shown to us over here, um, it definitely relaxes yeah. you, for sure. Okay, I'm, I'm not, yeah. And, 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 and it's, it was a joy, I'm looking forward to it tonight, but it was a joy sitting in front of you at C2C and just taking in the stories and just taking in that more relaxed yeah. vibe and, and seeing a different side to you that we haven't seen over here before. Yeah, um... um yeah, I mean, 
I definitely, uh, I was definitely looking forward to coming over here, and I, I just, I know how the audiences are over here, so I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that my crowd has known me as that guy for quite some time. Sure. Uh, I'm just able to showcase a little bit more of that with these acoustic shows. Yeah, and, um, and the album number four, then, is done. It's done. Hence the tweet last week. So I'm going to put out a new single, um, hopefully in mid-July. And then I'll hopefully drop the record in late fall or early next year. Brilliant. So the, when you come back for the long road in September, there might be some new songs in the set then at that point. There, there might be. Yeah, yeah. And um, has that, because you don't birth albums easily, mm-hmm. has it birth, has this one gone smoother than the previous two? Smoothest I've ever had. And what, what's the reason behind that then? A lot of these songs are old songs. Okay. I've had a lot of time to live with them and think of how to achieve to bring them to life. Yes. Um, there's some special songs on here. There's two or three of them that have been my favorite songs I've ever written for. Oh, okay. And I wrote them 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And just finally understanding how to, how to put the puzzle together and understanding how to put the glue together and put the bow on it. Yep. And uh, this record has the most meat of any record I've made. Wow. And, and thematically, could is it like a, a, a mixture of, say, the wild ones um, and the you know, slow it's, part? It's, it's definitely its own thing, I think. But if, if, if you're trying to compare it, I would say that the most inflections come from the wild one track. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting because, I mean, I think that's, for many fans, that's still that's their favorite. favorite, isn't it? Yeah. Seems to be the overwhelming favorite record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and my favourite songs of yours are your melancholy songs. Me too. And is that still there'll reflected be, on the new album? There'll be definitely be. There'll definitely you'll definitely be provided with some of those. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. as much as I love, you know, I've been around and sunburned yeah. and all those songs. It's the crazy one more time. It's, I'm with you. It's guitar man. And this, you you capture that feeling for me of l- loss or regret, finality better than most artists out there I think and, and that to me is the genius well, I'm, of your I'm living with a lot of that so <laughs> I think that I know how to um, I think that with the way I've lived my life and I've been such a uh, solo vagabond mm-hmm. for so long and I've traveled so much solo I've had so much time to live inside my own head and actually process things where I feel like we live in a culture that's always kind of clinging from one person to the next. And sure. Nobody spends enough time on their own to truly reflect on what they've learned from certain situations. And I think because I've been so isolated in my life, I've been able to process those thoughts and break them down into song. Right, yes. And and like a song like Love You to the Moon, I was waiting for the sting in the tail. And there was no sting in the tail, because you don't tend to write about happy ever after very often. Mm-hmm. And so where did that one come from? Because that was most So that was actually, uh, that was the only song on the EP that I didn't write. Sure. Charlie Warson wrote that. Yes. And he wrote it after watching Apollo 13. Right. And have you used any outside writers on album number four? Or has it just been... It's the usual suspects. It's Weston Davis. It's uh, Blair Daly. Brett James. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I've, I've always kept my circle small. And I've always wanted to continue to reward the guys that have been with me the whole time 
Brett made me laugh at C2C with his stories about how you yeah. two got together. Oh, yeah. That was funny. I didn't yeah. realise, like, you'd slept on his floor and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. He seemed a cool guy. He's great. <laughs> He's great. I, I, speaking of other artists, I interviewed Lindsay L a couple of weeks ago, and she she's building a career, and what she told me was the Kip Moore way. Yeah. So it seems to be something that people are looking at you going... You don't need the Nashville hoopla. You don't need to play nice to radio. You don't. You just build a fan base and be authentic. Does that make you feel gratitude that other artists are seeing you as a trailblazer? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a cool thing. Uh, you know, I, I've been hearing that a good bit from other artists talking about it. Um, I think it's. Um, I take a lot of pride in the way we built this thing and sticking to. Yeah our truth and, and authenticity as a band and, and me as a songwriter and um, you know I think sometimes it's a little bit misconstrued though when they're like you know I, I actually have amazing relationships with radio there's well, you know I love a lot of those guys um, your, your Greg Swedbergs your Johnny Changs your DJ Stouts your Nate Deaton's um, your Todd Nixon's your Sue Wilson's there's so many people Doing that have been so good to me through the years, um, and I, I cherish that. And I'm, I'm like anybody else. I think that every artist wants to have hit records. It's just the the place you don't want to get is trying to chase that. Yes, yes. If you're trying to chase that sound, you're going to be behind the curve, and it's not going to come across as authentic. So my hope is that I write from the gut, mm -hmm. and then once it's all finished you just hope that something's going to work at radio but you're not writing for that no no because I would have never in a month of Sundays which is a British expression I don't know what the other I would have never predicted that more girls like you would be the one that you pushed out in front of the album and that took me by surprise and yet radio like I, I, I would have put Sunburn ahead of it I'd have put I'd been around ahead of it <laughs> so you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm with you I probably would have done the same uh, that was you know I trusted my label on that one um, but uh, I wanted Plead the Fifth to be the first one yes um, but yeah I mean I'm, I'm always I'm always super grateful to have a hit record and I'm always super grateful for the times that radio has played me um, I just try to be authentic to my true self at yes. all times and then I hope with that I hope good things happen at radio you know? and, and and like you, you don't seem to do the party circuits and the CMA circuits and the you know you, you just seem to do your own thing mm -hmm. and is that a deliberate choice or do they not ask you? <laughs> I just uh, I've kind of always marched to the beat of my own drum yeah uh, that's my answer. I'm a huge fan of Bobby Bones, so I know I listen to his show every day and the Bobby Cast and all that sort of thing. I'm, and I love his interviewing style. But there are certain artists that you can see are utilising that avenue, and then other people just have chats. And, and I love the way that you just do your thing mm -hmm. without chasing that. Yeah. And, and that is the Kitmore business model, isn't it, that Lindsay Ell is referring to, I think. I think so. I think so. And long may it continue. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so what's on the agenda for you till I see you again in, at Long Road in September? Man, my focus now is this new record. That's where my focus is. And is it literally all done? And I, put, I, I put all the vocals on it June 3rd. And then 
hopefully it's going to be mixed by the end of June and it's going to be ready to go. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to, I've, I will be at Long Road as well, so I look forward to sitting down with you and maybe talking to you about it. I hope so, man. Good to see you. Have a great show tonight. Have a lovely summer. Hope you have a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What do you Thank want to hear? Anything you want to uh, and I asked him for um, hey, "Hey, Pretty Girl" for my wife, and uh, and he played it. Although, I think he might well have played it anyway. So there he is, in all his uh, in all his glory, Kit Moore there talking about his uh, previous album, Slow Heart, the acoustic tour, the new upcoming album, which sounds like it could be an absolute blast, reminiscent of Wild Ones, older songs that he's had for a while that he now understands uh, what to do with and where their place in his recording catalogue is going to fit. The show that night was absolutely brilliant, full of, you know, the the usual intensity, some laughs, uh, an absolutely heart-wrenching story um, about his father during Last Shot, which um, uh, I didn't know uh, about, and a lot more singing and dancing and clapping than uh, than I was expecting from the Birmingham crowd. So well done. I think we sent him uh, down to London with uh, fond memories, as ever, of Birmingham. And the great thing is he'll be back in the UK, in England, for the Long Road Festival in that uh, first week of September. And I think he's doing a London show as well. So we've blessed this year to see both sides of Kipmore. And uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. I've been James Dakin, and you've been listening to about 18-minute country this week.